Hello and welcome to Start the Beat, a show highlighting the past, present, and future of the Pittsburgh music scene. I am your host, Brian Sykes Howe, and before we get into today's episode, I just wanted to take a quick moment to thank our sponsor, me, myself, and my band, Normal Creatures, who will be performing live Saturday, October 28th at Preserving in New Kensington for our live soundtrack to the 1922 classic film Nosferatu. We will have a big old projector and screen set up. We'll be playing live in front of it, performing a bunch of songs that we have done in sequence to the film Nosferatu. It's going to be really fun. Really cool lineup of artists as well. Our friends in Fuck Yeah Dinosaurs, Whorehound, Old Game, as well as my other band, Greywalker, will all be performing as well. It's a bit of a Halloween event. Costumes encouraged, not necessary. There will be adult libations available for anyone that is interested in that sort of a thing. However, it is also an all-ages affair, so feel free to bring out the whole family. It'll be a hoot. What else can I say? You know, so, uh, yes, please, 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 please come out. We're putting a lot of fucking work into this show, and uh, yeah, it would mean the world to me to have you all there. Um, you know, we've been working on these songs as normal creatures since the pandemic times and uh you know we're finally able to perform this stuff live we're going to be recording all of it soon and uh yeah i'm just really excited to get back out there and to be sharing my music with the world again so october 28th at preserving normal creatures performing a live soundtrack to the 1922 classic film nosferatu with support from fuck yeah dinosaurs whorehound old game and Gray Walker. Thank you so much for your time to listen to my sponsored message from myself. And without further ado, we're going to get into today's conversation with my friends in the band Star Viper. So please sit back, relax, and let's start the motherfucker. For those of you that uh, don't know, Star Viper is a band. They are obviously from Pittsburgh. But the curious thing about your band is that I would say putting a genre on you outside of rock slash metal is kind of something that you would want to do. But it's hard to pinpoint exactly what kind of subgenre Star Viper is. So who wants to kind of dig into this? with um, me about like what what kind of, what what the fuck is your band we could just all go around and add a word each like yeah, yeah, start like, off with like sleaze like telephone except <laughs> but not how telephone works at all um well so we jake and i kind of started this originally like kind of a side project to our two main bands he and i always like really liked black and roll and 
I never really quite knew like a way to like do like black and roll and make it my own. And, you know, like I'm not to do like a pure, like true with a V thing like that wouldn't really feel like me. And then also like, I have a lot of love for like synth wave and video game music. So like, I don't know, just somehow those two things coming together, like the black and synth wave thing, like I have no idea. So I don't know. Black and synth wave. That is my long way to get around to that. Or like synth wave, black and roll. Unless you want to come up with a better portmanteau, that'd be very helpful. What do you guys have to say? You guys are a fucking rock band. It's fine. Yeah. (laughs) I, uh, you know, I've seen you guys play. We've played together. Mm -hmm. We've played with each other. Hmm. You know what I'm saying? (laughs) And uh, the thing that was really cool was just that it is, you know, refreshing Anytime you see a band that's kind of unapologetically selfish with what they want to do and not really necessarily trying to fit inside a box. I mean, maybe there is a box that you're trying to fit in that I'm unaware of because I'm an old man wearing an Alan Jackson t-shirt. But (laughs) as an outsider looking in, it seems like you guys are kind of just like, eh, fuck the rules. We're going to do whatever we want. We really want to fit in a box, but it's a very specific box (laughs) that that we came up with and we think makes like total sense. Okay. But I mean, there's always a box. (laughs) Totally. Totally. So, you know, I know Jake and Cam very well, but the other two, I don't know you guys so much. Tell me a bit about yourselves. Um, so I'm Chandler. Um, play rhythm and guitar i've always known jake and i don't know i always just ended up hanging out kind of indirectly with him him and i've known brad for ages as well um otherwise i'm pretty much just a nurse cool <laughs> on the side that's my that's my main thing i met jake through uh one of my best buddies uh from high school they were actually rooming together uh and then in hanging out with jake i you know got to know and, and start shredding with chandler and you know kind of just discussing music a lot with them. And then through them, I met Hux and they were looking for a, uh, you know, fill in for a bass player. And I uh, stepped up and, you know, we've been rocking since. So, yeah. Can I tell a funny story of my perspective of this? (laughs) Absolutely, please. (laughs) Uh, Jake and I used to, his old apartment just have like, I mean, Jake would have crazy ass parties that I would be there to close down (laughs) way too much. And like you do, um, we were uh, like playing guitars one night and I was playing like country stuff. And this guy that I had met maybe once, I don't know, started just, he just like blew through dust in a baggie with me with Billy Strings. And I was like, (laughs) fuck yeah, I like this guy. And then we're just like getting a beer or something. And then he starts playing All Hail the Goat by Hell Ripper on acoustic (laughs) guitar. And I was like, this motherfucker needs to be in the band right now. Um, And Brad had always been around as a guitar player, hanging out with their roommate, Penn. And they always had stuff going on. And Brad was always a nice, cool guy. And we always got along. And we were in a situation where Jake and I had this project where we, you know, we want to take this thing live. And, uh, you know, asked Brad if he would be interested in playing bass with us. And he did. And he fits, fits in great and does everything we need to do. Because honestly, if you're in a band like this, you need to play, play bass like a guitar player anyway. Um, you know, you can't be taking the thing for a walk. You need to be, you know, playing it like you're a guitar player. So that's why Brad is kind of just immediately fell in to be the perfect guitar player for Star Viper. But it all came from being massively dehydrated and staying up till five in the morning <laughs> you know, watching old G.I. Joe cartoons. The, for, no, for that not, reason. not the actual G.I. Joe cartoons. You know the ones I'm talking about, though, with the pork chop sandwiches. 
But for that same reason, I almost didn't believe you when you were like, hey, man, you want to be in this band? Because I had never been in a band or played music with people before. And the next morning, I ended up uh, texting Jake like, hey, man, is he like actually serious about this? Like, does he actually want me to be in a band with him? And you said, yeah. I just like sheepishly came into the next couple of practices and... That's how it ended up. But yeah, he showed up and we wrote the first time he came over, we wrote an ironic doom song, which was like the most fun we've ever had. <laughs> um, and, uh, and then the next time he came over, he brought like a bunch of riffs that he'd written that is now uh, a tune that's going to be on our next record. That's, you know, a live staple at this point. So it, it worked out great. Mm-hmm. So that's, that's how it all kind of this lineup came together. Super cool. You know, with finding people that you, get along with is hard, especially the older that you get. And none of us are getting any younger, but it's even harder to find people that like you get along with like artistically and creatively and to like even find like, I mean, you have six people in your band. So to find like five other people that you can like vibe with and make music with is like absolutely insane and quite an undertaking. How is it trying to navigate a band with so many people in terms of scheduling Fitting in a practice space, fitting in a vehicle, stage layouts—that's a lot of questions. But what's it like? It's a big. I imagine it's a bit of a jump, you know, going from like a three or a four piece to being in a six piece band. Uh, well, I'll I'll hit the logistical <laughs> questions, then Jake can handle the artistic questions. Okay. Logistically, we do some internet age bullshit where we make uh, pre production demos, two or three of us at a time you know, in Reaper and send them to everybody and be like, yo, learn this shit. I think we play together as a six piece band, like once a month. Cause our drummer lives in Greensburg. What's up, Chris, the rest of us will get together in my basement and then just like, you know, go into the DAW and mute all the other tracks. So it's just like the drum track and we'll just set up practice amps and have just like, cause I just live in a regular apartment. Just have like low volume practice in my basement with Jake just screaming in the corner, uh, <laughs> and I was like, "There's this is not going to work." This and and it works amazingly, honestly. Mm-hmm. Like, and that makes it way better for you know, like dissecting things and making them really tight, doing it that way because there's not that din of just like crazy loud. So then when you get together live with the band, it's like, "Oh, this works out great." But it's like you have to do that kind of stuff. Totally. Um, you know, in this situation. But, you know, because everybody's professional, everybody wants to be here, everybody does their homework, it works out fine. Understood. Now, uh, I heard you were going to be responding to a creative <laughs> answer here. Uh, I mean, trying to get six people to work together musically is definitely tougher than trying to get three or four people to work together. I think it happened with one song specifically, but I think it kind of applies to a lot of our stuff in which... We say yes to ideas a lot more than we say no. And one song we specifically said, like, this is the song where if you've got a dumb idea, we're going to do it. And there's like no holds barred. It's very silly. Which song is that? Give it up to rock. Oh, really? You see, for like, <laughs> if we've got, if we've got like Chandler's Absolutely. got a very, a very fun little intro part, there's like a bunch of little pieces that somebody's like, oh, I got this idea for it. And we're just like, yes. And the more that we say yes to stuff rather than no, I think makes all of us feel better because we all feel like we're being heard. Man, if you would have described a song that way, I would have never picked Give It Up to Rock because that one <laughs> feels like a very, very premeditated, organized single. This is not on our... This is going to be on the next record um, and it's probably going to be like the first single. Um, it's very, you know, tight, like two minutes, 45 seconds, man. It doesn't feel like a kitchen <laughs> sink at all to me. Um, 
I mean, everybody like shines in it and kicks ass. I mean, maybe that's just us being of one, you know, heart on certain things. Um, but, but, uh, but yeah. Oh man, that's so cool. Because, <laughs> cause I just thought that was the one where we sat down and we're like, let's write a single. So, well, I, I don't think we all have like these, happy. you know, certain, it's not a kitchen sink song and that it's a bunch of different things that are all mashed together, but everybody gets their like moment to shine and everybody had like some input that we were like, we're not saying no to anything in this one. I said no to lots. <laughs> I don't know, man. The number of times you went, Hey man, we should put this in. And then it ended up in the song. <laughs> It, there's at least six I think to eight times that that happened. Generally, we do that a lot. Yeah. Because I'm good at producing. <laughs> <laughs> I think that it's interesting whenever you are in a position of like writing a lot of songs yourself, right? And then you have like a little side project that you start without the intention of becoming maybe like a full band. And then the next thing you know, it's like, okay, we got one, two, three. Now we have like a whole six piece band. There's songs where it's like everybody's contributing and it probably feels like a little bit different in terms of like the creative aspect of it, right? Uh, I mean, it feels the way I want it to be because like, yeah, Viper One, it's just me and Jake and Greg. But it's like, you know, you usually like kind of my role is I will kind of come up with like main themes and arrangement and, you know, that kind of stuff. But, and then Jake and I usually like work out vocal patterns together and he's been writing more and more lyrics um, and, you know, coming up and doing that stuff. But like, really, I'll be like, oh, well, here's a place where like I could write a solo, but I'd rather Chandler write a solo or I would, I think we need a thrashy riff here, I'd, but I'd rather Chandler write it because that's in his, his skill set. Or like, I know we need like a bass solo here, I'd, but I'd rather Brad do that than <laughs> me. Like I could, but... Brad is going to do that in his way and he's going to play it anyway. So let's have him do that. Or like with the synth stuff, um, I, the synth stuff's super fun. Cause usually that all gets done. Like we'll do a song then me and Greg will just sit down together and just like sit there and just twist knobs all night. And at the end of the day, you get like, you have like eight seconds of music done, <laughs> but, um, but you know, I'll be like, you know, Greg, you find some patches for this. Like this is kind of the feeling it's so it's about like delegating. Cause at, at no point do I feel like I've always been like a, you know, a songwriting guy, but at no point do I feel like I'm giving up creative control or no point do I feel like I'm missing out on anything. I feel like I'm just getting to delegate things out to people. I'm subcontracting them to people that are better <laughs> at doing them than I could do them. Sure. Because Chandler's a better guitar player than me. You know, Jake is a totally, you know, better frontman than me. And he's a, you know, great lyricist. And he thinks about lyrics in a different way than I do. And obviously a great, better performer than me. Greg understands synthesizers better than me. Brad is a fucking machine. And we haven't even tapped him yet. Cause he's in the band, been in the band for like nine days. Um, <laughs> don't tempt, don't so tempt like, me with a good time. With the, with the writing. <laughs> so it's like, it, that's, what's awesome about it. It's just, you know, having this framework and then you just have all of these extra tools but these tools are your buddies and you'd be like, you do this. You could do this thing. You know, here's like a couple of descriptions of what would be cool here, but go nuts. I would, I love that. Yeah. I mean, obviously when you bring new people into a project and you allow them to bring in their influence, things may end up differently than what you were thinking to some degree, but it's happening in a way that like, you feel totally comfortable with because you're still kind of directing everything. Has anything like happened that's like maybe surprised you or that you weren't expecting like this, 
like any sounds maybe happened or this go in a direction that you weren't necessarily expecting originally? Um, yes and no. Like, no, because like every band kind of exists in its own artistic headspace, you know, whether you're a death metal band or a stoner band or whatever, but like Star Viper kind of like came into that really quickly. Like as soon as we figured out what we were going to be, it became very clear what a Star Viper thing is and what a Star Viper thing isn't, you know, whether it's artistically, lyrically, musically. And I think everybody kind of gets that. Um, so like it all kind of exists like to, you know, pursue a theme and a vibe. I don't know. Just things have always surprised me. Like, you know, Chandler has like a way bigger thrash background than I do. So like, you know, he'll come in with riffs and approaches that I would have never thought of. Um, and then, you know, Jake and Brad like come from a way more breakdowny background. We have this new song called Three Strike God that the middle of it ended up being like way more breakdowny than I thought it was going to be. And you guys wouldn't even think it's breakdowny, <laughs> but it's still breakdowny for me. <laughs> uh, like that happens, you know, but it's still like it's all good because if it's a good song, that's fine. And if it works, like, I don't like, you know, I'm not, you know, as long as it's not nothing against Zappa, cause he's awesome, but I'm not looking, none of us want like a Frank Zappa kind of kitchen sink, this thing, that thing. And then you hear like a cartoon noise and then there's a xylophone solo. Iron Maiden. Excellent. I thought you were going to hit like a cartoon noise. <laughs> I meant to, I forgot. I changed, I forgot that I changed the pad to the Bill and Ted sound effects. There's nice. Nothing wrong with that. Yeah. Sorry about that. Yeah, uh, I I don't I I th I feel like I made my point there, but it just it, it it has all worked out, and I've all I've only been surprised by just like how cool stuff has been, and how little I've had to micromanage like things like you know riff writing and stuff. Yeah, I imagine there is a kind of opposite spectrum where, and I can relate with this with normal creatures, in the sense of like you know when I started normal creatures, which would have been Sykes and the New Violence. At the time, it was an extension of my solo material, you know, Sykes and the band, right? And it was interesting at first because I found that it was like kind of hard to delegate or to let myself like let other people contribute. I'm like, no, this is the song. This is how I want it to be. But ended up like once I like loosened up and I started to realize like, oh, yeah, Evan Thorson's a way better guitar player than me. I should <laughs> let him write parts, you know, and like things like that. It you was play guitar. I don't play guitar at all. That's why I'm saying <laughs> he's definitely a better guitar player than me. Um, you know, that's the joke is that, you know, I have other people that are in that are in my band. And instead of just like figure out the synthesizer part that I wrote on guitar, write something, like, let's go crazy. And now it's made everything so much better, but I still feel like I'm like the director of things. And I feel like it's exactly what I want it to be, even though I don't have the control that I typically would like to have over things. I mean, a good leader is about letting people shine and about what about them, letting them be them best, their best selves rather than just like, you know, directing. Sure. You know, so the band now, uh, Star Viper has been active as a live band for not even a year. Where are you at? Is it six months? Eight months. Uh, whenever we play together, it's uh, April second. Oh, that's right. That was the that was the show, huh? With Kamikaze Zombie. Yeah. So, in this time period, you know, some of you have played in other bands before. Some of you haven't. Nope. What's the this? I guess I'm actually really curious to talk with you, Chandler, just about like your experience being in. Like, this is your first band, is what I'm getting. Yeah, this is the the. 
uh, what, April show. Mm -hmm. That was my first show ever. Uh, and I was terrified. <laughs> it was so scary. <clears throat> but, I mean, it's been on my bucket list for a really long time. And, I mean, after the next couple of shows leading up to now, we're, we've got a pretty good run. We're, like, in the middle of a pretty good run right now. We had a week where we did three shows in a week that broke you in pretty quick. Yeah, that, like, <laughs> after that, it felt really good. And, you know... That was when Brad joined us. He played uh, Millville Music Festival with us, and to see him come in and just like be power stancing immediately, I was like, okay, yeah, we can, we can do this, you know. It, and you know, I don't know. It's just been a lot very quickly, and I'm really enjoying it. Sure, you know, you had mentioned that you in your day job nurse, right? So you yeah. have like a a legitimately reasonably normal adult professional background and now there's this kind of a b of like what can sometimes be rather unorganized delinquent unclean sort of environment <laughs> quite the opposite from like <laughs> you know what i'm saying don't act like you don't know what i'm saying you know it's it could be you know a little a little grimy at times we and just like played in a venue that had a roach in it so yeah. <laughs> But <laughs> like, what's that like AB life been like for you there? Well, where I currently work at, I work with a bunch of musicians. Oh, know, cool. Nurses and respiratory therapists that are musicians. Like this one guy I work with, he he's a bassist and he was in a funk band that opened for George Clinton. And like well, one of our respiratory therapists plays drums, like really talented drummer and stuff. So it's um it's not as wildly different. Sure. Feeling because I'm around some people that also play music and they give me pointers and stuff like that. And, uh, but yeah, I don't know. I guess I've been going to metal shows and stuff for so long. It's not really Fair. that big of a Fair. dichotomy, if you will. Was there like any particular reason that maybe like you like didn't play in any bands earlier. I mean, obviously you've been playing music for a while. Like just like, when did you start playing? I started playing guitar whenever I was like 12 or 13, okay. I think. And I, I took lessons for a couple of years over at pianos and stuff and eventually kind of got bored with it. And it really picked up in college whenever I started listening to like Megadeth and Anthrax and stuff like that and found some riffs that I really liked. But, um, I didn't play music or write music because I was terrified of being in front of people. Um, and really that's what it came down to. And eventually mm. once someone who I've seen and another person who I've seen live said, Hey, let's be in a band. I said, all right, this is my shot. Let's just do it and get over it. Yeah. How did you find like the local music scene just from knowing people personally? Um, probably in the middle of whenever I was in college, uh, my buddy Nate just texted me and said, Hey, Jake Morgan's band is playing, uh, Deutschtown. And I think, was that one of the first Gator Shakes shows? It was pretty early on. Yeah. <clears throat> and after that, after seeing him hanging from a uh, an I-beam screaming into a <laughs> microphone, I was like, okay, I need to be involved in this. <laughs> it was awesome. It's cool. I always find it, like, really fascinating when people discover local music scenes, like, at, like, an older age. Not You're not old by any means. But, you know, like, a lot of people, you know, usually find it, like, you know, 14, 15 or something like that. And it's like interesting when people like find it later. And then also like 
become a part of a band. You mm-hmm. know, it's just like, it's a surprisingly like rarer story. So I just find it a little intriguing, but it's also like super awesome. Yeah, it's it's been really cool so far. I'm really enjoying it. A lot of, lot of new experiences. Awesome. So with the band now, you got a question? I just want Brad to answer the same question because I don't know the answer to that. <laughs> oh, we repeat the question. <laughs> when did you start playing? All right, I'm not alone in that. Yeah, so, I mean, I started playing guitar when I was 10 or 11. Uh, my brother has been a musician from a young age. He was in marching band, played like four or five different instruments, and then picked up the guitar and then kind of convinced me to. And when I was pretty young, uh, I did a couple sets with like his group, which they were all five years older than me, but like they needed a guitar player. So we did some covers and stuff. And then I did, you know, I've done a couple sets with, you know, guitar instructors that I've put on shows, but this is like my real first foray into like the scene as, as oh, that's super know, cool. the music scene is, as you refer to it. And I jam with a couple other bands and like we mentioned, Penn, Penn and I are always jamming and, and writing music and trying to get that off the ground. So, um, oh, and yeah, you're an Enfilad, right? Yeah. If you've, if you've heard of Enfilad, uh, death metal band around Pittsburgh, um, we're kind of on hiatus right now. Uh, but yeah, I, I, I jam with them as well. Hell yeah. So it's fun to see like always to see like new people that are around like getting involved in the scene, especially when so much of the the local music scene and there's nothing wrong with this. I'm guilty of this just as much as anybody where it's like, oh, there's a new band and it's like, oh. I know all those dudes. <laughs> all those dudes are in other bands already. And like, it's normal. It is what it is. But it's cool to see like new faces and meet new people. Um, and yeah, I mean, that's what we want. You want things like to grow. You want the city to be able to blossom because there are a lot of people that are capable that should be a part of the music scene. You know, it's like one of those things where you go to any big name show at a big name venue and there's like, you know, 20,000 people there. And you're like, I know there's probably 200 guitar players here I've never met before in my life that don't play in bands. And a lot of times that story is very similar to yours where it's just like maybe they're afraid of being in front of people or they just don't know the people. You know, sometimes I think that like any sort of an artistic community can seem like a little bit intimidating as an outsider, even though it's really not like everybody's just a bunch of dorks. You just got to go play dust in a baggie at a party. (laughs) Followed by all hail the goat on an acoustic guitar. And then a guy like Hux will ask you to be in his band. I mean, that that is the absolute perfect formula for me specifically. (laughs) It's almost like fate in a weird way brought you two together for sure. You know, I think this goes into another conversation about just the sense of, um, I mean, networking sounds like a dirty word, but in a sense, like it's important to like be out there talking to people, let people know that you are doing things, you know, now as the band starts to play more and more shows and you want people to know about it, you know, you got to make friends and be social, maybe go on a podcast every once in a while, this kind of shit, right? Like, with all of that that kind of needs to be done and uh, counteracting maybe the uh, more sometimes like uh, unintentional introverted nature of being an artist, you know, what is it like, you know, for, we'll go back to you there, Hux, in terms of, because you're kind of a quiet guy, but you're also not a quiet guy. 
I love the sound of my own voice. <laughs> I, would never, I would never qualify Hux as a quiet This whole guy. time I was sitting here thinking, man, I'm talking too much. I guess. Sure. <laughs> so you're talking about the juxtaposition of like the business end versus the introverted nature yeah. of being an art- artist. Totally. Uh, compartmentalization. Um, and also just when you do something cool, like I love what I do so much. And I think a lot of people probably think that I'm like, egotistical or something like that and it's like it's i just love the shit that i do so much that i want to tell people about it and it's like you know i'll write it i'm the worst uh, my the worst thing i do is i will come up with like a new song idea of like a 90 seconds of a thing like a riff and like part of a chorus that i'm drunkenly singing in my basement and i will send that to all the guys right I'll be like guys, <laughs> i'll send it to everybody i'll get on like my facebook messenger and everybody who's active be like check it out (laughs) and it's not it has nothing to do with other than the fact just like absolute like there's nothing more exciting than like creating something and loving it and uh wanting to share it with people and be like yo this is really cool and it has nothing to it's and and that's what it is so it's really easy at least for me to kind of parlay that energy because it's like yeah you have this kind of creative idea and you do it and then if you know you know uh, nine out of 10 times, 99 out of a hundred times it fails. But the one time you, you hit the thing and you're like, fuck, this is awesome. Check it out. And then it's really easy to take that excitement and that energy. And then to turn that into kind of the networking end, whether it's talking to people or it's like, what's the next thing you do? Well, like we need to make some art, you know, we need logoing, we need branding. That's a dirty word. You don't like the word networking's a dirty word, branding, <laughs> baby. Which one are we looking at? All, All of, of you. Um, <laughs> yeah. And then you're like, oh, we need branding for this. Like, we need a logo. What color is it going to be? And like that kind of stuff. How do I represent this? And it's not about selling it, but it's about like, now there's a visual end to this. Like, and that's cool. And then, you know, how are we going to present it? So it's like the same energy I have for like coming up with a riff, like my excitement sitting in the basement with Chandler and he had uh, the song Knuckle Dragon and finishing that and my absolute passion for how cool of a tune that is easily rolls into that is all the energy I have for like booking shows and doing art and ordering merch and plotting the next thing. Cause it's just excitement about the thing. So it makes it easy to be like, okay, cool. I'm going to, let's start now. Let's start looking at maps. Let's think about drives. Like where can we go? How can we do this? Thing? <laughs> Cause it's all it's compartmentalization, but it's also all the same because it is introverted to like make art. But my excitement about art is ask anyone that knows me annoyingly fucking extrovert. <laughs> Jake. Yes. So, you know, getting to be a front man in this band versus Gator Shakes, this is a little bit more dynamic. I would say, I think there's more opportunity for you to do different things and to maybe write songs from a different standpoint. I would say definitely dynamic is the right word to call it. Um, It's been very fun to explore different spaces than Gator Shakes because like even just like if we're talking strictly technically vocals, Gator Shakes is a lot of like monotone screaming. Yeah, (laughs) a lot of barking. (laughs) Whereas like I have now been singing on stage with Hux in a couple of our songs and, you know, hitting highs and hitting lows and all this different stuff. Um, The technical aspect of it has been very fun. 
the like writing aspect of it has been also been really good because it's way more collaborative than Gator Shakes. Like Hux and I work together on every song. He's writing a good, good portion of it. And I just kind of come in with stingers every now and again. <laughs> Whereas with Gator Shakes, it was just my notebook and figuring out, you know, music was the other guys' job. Totally. Now I have like a really important question for you, Jake. What is that? Is it harder to perform with all this hair? Uh, yeah, I usually have my girlfriend <laughs> braid it now. <laughs> it was way easier to be hanging off of stuff and rolling on the ground whenever I didn't have it. <laughs> you ever get it like down your throat or anything? <laughs> yep. I'll like, if you ever see me, like I have the microphone and my hair is in front. It's I'm having a bad time. It might look like a good time, but I'm having a bad time. <laughs> uh-huh. Uh huh. I've never had long hair on stage. Hux, what about you? I mean, your hair is like <laughs> not that long. Has it been? It's I been just, longer. I just cut it. Yeah. Uh, well, and then um, it yeah it points in Jake the Hawk when I was like the main singer. There were times like inhaling it was an issue. It was uh that 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 was a whole thing. Man, I do not. I mean, it's fun because I like the sound of my own voice. But let me tell you. It is real nice not being the lead singer because <laughs> it is exhausting. It is physically demanding. You inhale your own hair. There's less chance to make good faces at people. <laughs> um, you know, all that kind of stuff. So um, I used to, and then I, you, I do a lot of like, you know, I'm like kind of directing uh, landing airplanes while I play. And when you're singing and you do that, the sound guy thinks you want to adjust your monitor. <laughs> so they fuck with your shit. So I would have to tell them, I'd be like, no matter what I do with my hands, you don't touch that shit. But now that I'm not singing, no one gives a fuck about your monitor mix, so I can do whatever I want. As you move forward and you continue to write music, um, is there anything that you want to try to do more of or less of musically now that it's starting to get some legs and you're starting to perform these songs live because there's always like you know the difference between like sitting in front of a computer and then actually like being on stage and then getting people's like responses to things and seeing how things work like the tides shift and i'm curious like where you guys are at now because i imagine you're in the middle of it um i'd be very curious to hear like chandler and brad's impressions of this having you know being newer to the thing but for me I'm really loving it where it's at because like we kind of like the Star Viper's new game plus, right? Like been doing it for a minute. Like, you know, this is like playing the RPG after you know how the mechanics work and mm -hmm. you can build a new character. So this is like everything I kind of wanted from a band. I like, you know, tight, rocking, catchy songs, you know, doing that. And then, you know, doing it, doing it, you, you build it out the way you want it. So like right now I'm really loving where it's at. Moving into, uh, we're going to have an ad break and talk about beers in just a second. Um, and then he pushes a button and it makes a noise. Um, <gasps> shit, we got to put that on the sampler. Um, Please keep the Bill and Ted one on there. Yeah. <laughs> um, no, I mean, I love where it's at right now. And the only thing that's like I'm excited about is just the, you know, added the new things in my toolbox, which happen to be my homies. Um, but other than that, and like, we're kind of getting into, you know, we have like a newer, like black easy kind of song. I'm scratching my armpit on the camera right now. Um, 
and, you know, kind of getting better at the things that we were wanting to do coming out of the gate because like, some of this shit I didn't know how to do. Like I'd never done like a more synthy forward band or a more honestly like really metal forward band ever. So like, you know, cause some of the first record was figuring out how we wanted to do that. But like, Honestly, like I love the course we're on. I think it's great. It feels awesome. And I just want to keep doing it and keep refining it and doing it better. But like, I mean, where, where it's at right now, it, it, it rules. And like, you know, the, ty the types of songs we're writing and playing live are like, you know, every band, you have like those couple of songs that like, oh, these are the live ones. We used to make a joke when we were writing Viper One. We said every song is the single. <laughs> and it's like every song we wrote, like, yeah, that's the single. That's the single. <laughs> Other than Stellar Fuck Inferno. Which um, was the super single. Which is the super single. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I mean, every song's a single, and that's not about marketability. It's about just like writing those tunes. You know, those, you know, every every song's like, you know, a banger and just feels great. Um, and it doesn't mean that like, you know, in Jake the Hawk, there were songs that I didn't like or anything like that or songs that I didn't want to play live. But it this is kind of like that distilled, refined, new game plus energy. Sure. I think some of that could also... Um, be a byproduct of the genre that you're working in now. That is a fair point. <laughs> because like it is like like by nature of the style of music, everything is exciting. But typically, if you got like 25 minutes on a stage, like you just want to fucking you want to rip, you yeah. know, most of the time. I mean, we do on, on the record, we do that stuff with like the synthy stuff, and I love and we want to do more and more of like the uh synth wavy songs and like you know the on viper one there's a song called moon chasm that we probably won't ever play live until s someone like you know fights us over it or we have like an hour-long set but you know and i love that kind of stuff but yeah i mean the the tunes are the tunes so it is you know necessarily ripping when it's ripping totally what about you guys chandler how are you feeling you know now that you're the the new guy in here well both of you guys are the new guys in here what is some of the stuff that like you're interested in seeing if anything like moving forward in terms of like your contributions or what you would just like to see the band develop into i mean <clears throat> right now knuckle dragon's really the only song that i've come forward with and been like hey this is my song like i like we should like hux likes this riff jake seems to like this riff like let's work on this and i'd like to just be a little bit more active in contributing new material because i know these two and greg wrote a lot of or well they wrote the first album and you know it just it, it feels really good to be up there playing a song that you know i you know this is a riff that i came up with this feels really great um otherwise i'm i'm kind of on the same side as hux like i really like where we're at right now it feels good writing music with these guys and it but we played in Columbus over the weekend. It finally felt real whenever, like, I could hear the crowd yelling the smuts in Smut Garage louder than him and him, <laughs> which was really cool. I couldn't because the sound was garbage. <laughs> well, the, the four dudes in front of me were really loud. <laughs> but, smut lovers. Huh? They were smut lovers. Oh, dude, they were loving the <laughs> smut, man. Oh, what I, I want more guitar minis. Ah, uh, the guitar minis are really, really sick. I, I want a heart, Hotel California style trade-off <laughs> slash harmonized solo at the end of every song. Yeah, we, we've gotten, what, two guitar mini songs in the two new singles? 
Oh, oh shit. Yeah. And, yeah. and we're doing yeah. a headlight flute. Yeah. And that's what I want. That's the one thing I want more of guitar harmonies. And then, um, uh, guitar synthesizer unison slash harmony. So okay. We need a hundred percent, but not drag. in not in a dream theater. This sounds like a ringtone kind of way, but in more of a nothing against dream theater. I love you, um, <laughs> but just that that's the one thing that I want more of. Is sure, sure, you want it, but not in like a proggy way. Maybe Eagles, baby. Yeah, got <laughs> it. We're we're the Eagles of black and roll. <laughs> okay. Gone. Man, if, if only a band if only a band already called themselves the Eagles of some extreme metal genre, wouldn't that be funny? Brad, where are you at? Uh, I think you know everything that the guys have set up to this point. I mean, it, it pretty much all speaks volumes to how well the six of us gel as a group. It's like everyone kind of leaves their ego at the door, and like, let's face it, we're all musicians, we're all big personalities, right? But like we just like put that aside and like gel together. I mean, I'll, I'll be the first one to admit, like you know, I can be a big personality. But like <laughs> this, this is like a lot of the work we've done up to this point is like following other people's leads, working together as a team, and like trying to identify what that sound and what that vibe on stage wants to be. Um, and right now, like Chandler said like what we're rolling with as far as the set list, like we're going to get that out to the venues that we're playing over the next month and, uh, you know, just see where it goes from there when we start recording album two. And, uh, that's when, uh, you know, maybe like we said, we'll have some more opportunities to, um, you know, maybe contribute to the writing process. But like right now at this point, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. You know, could you say that's where the rubber meets the road? I know I just did, but I want to hear it in your voice. That's where the rubber meets the mo. <laughs> Re retake. That's where the rubber meets the road. <laughs> it's the most unbred. Way <laughs> I'm sorry. You're good, bud. This is my first time on a podcast. I'm nervous. Same here. That's why I locked up. So at the nice. at the top of you know the conversation before we started recording. Um, the gentleman here had informed me that as a bit, everybody brought their uh, favorite, to some degree, air quote, dad beer or style of dad beer, if not the exact beer, you know, in question. So uh, right now we have a, a round table of some things such as a Miller Lite, Miller High Life. So this is the, the Miller corner over here. We got a Coors Banquet and a Penn Pilsner over there. So I don't know how we want to start this conversation. It's my show, so I guess I'll start. I mean, that's <laughs> not even... I, I I know that you have some irons in your beer and cooler in the fridge. <laughs> I also have some Coors Banquets in there. Okay, I would say, if you want to bring a dog to this to this well, fight. <laughs> well, this is the thing. My vote would be Coors Banquet. That has been my vote. It has been my standby, my go-to. This is a craft beer. It is a dad style beer, but it is a craft beer. I I argue that Chandler is disqualified. Now from now hold on. I came straight from work and had to pick up something that I thought was a dad beer. I have, true dad fashion. I have the Discord yeah. well, conversation. We offered to pick this you up is, hams. Well, I would say this: the only difference between these beers is the production style of it. This is mass produced. That is a traditional German recipe. 
So it, what yeah, is the a, difference? It's a that would just batch. be like Star Viper isn't a band. Star Viper's a local band. Your craft <laughs> band. Well, no, I'm saying this is obviously, you know, like n- nothing, nothing against Miller High Life, but I'm going to imagine a little more care to detail, smaller batch kind of thing was taken <laughs> to that. I just don't think that you could quite, I don't think it's a fair comparison to you know, stand it up next to these lawnmower swillers that we got. <laughs> but it is important to have a control group. And as a scientist, as a scholar and a gentleman and a scientist, <laughs> I'm glad that Chandler brought a control group. So that's, uh, so let's go. I mean, these were the one, this is what I think's my favorite. We got to AB this shit. You want to drink beer on my podcast? We, ha- I, this is my fourth time. <laughs> No, I mean, I think that in terms of beer, I think there is a very similar conversation that kind of falls in alignment with music where it's just like, whatever the fuck makes you happy, whatever you're into, fuck genre, fuck where it came from. If it's something that hits the spot for you, if it tickles your eardrum in a way, if it makes your tummy feel happy in a way then that's it. Well, it tickles our eardrum because actually, actually the new Star Viper thing to do is we dump beer in our ear. That's our <laughs> whole try it at home. If it doesn't sound good without beer in your ear, then how's it going to sound good whenever you do have beer in your ear? <laughs> <laughs> it was funny when you started, but it was hilarious. <laughs> that was awesome. <laughs> Did anybody else have an experience in their like younger years feeling like snobby about anything? Oh yeah. I mean, it's one of those things like you get into being snobby about something like you'll use beer as an example, like craft beer, because the goal is to support local or, you know, be part of something that, you know, be part of a scene that you think is doing something good. And then it quickly devolves into like, well, you can't like something that's cheap and mass produced, whether it's beer or whether it's anything else, <clears throat> because that's not supporting local or that's not blah, blah, blah. But then you can kind of just start sliding into being slightly a dick about it. You know, you start like turning your nose up at something like hams. Meanwhile, hams is making everybody happy. So I, I would say I was a beer snob. Never. Uh, I've always been a Genesee man. Um <laughs> Sometimes I can feel like kind of a music snob just because I've been involved in the local music scene, but I work every day not to be a dick about it. <laughs> Absolutely. Anybody else have any thoughts on this? Uh, I mean, I was, I was like 20, uh, like 19, 20, 21, when like craft beer really hit. And I remember being underage and like sending my older friends to buy me beer with like a list that I got from like internet forums of like cool beer to find me. And they're like, fuck you, man. You're 19. (laughs) Um, You know, be like, well, you don't understand, you know, macros have adjuncts in them and stuff. And then eventually I was like, I just like getting drunk. Um, But uh, no, but it's, it's all, it's, uh, there's a, there's a thing for everyone. And uh, um, as a, Uh, my my dad would say it takes all kinds, but my old boss would say every trash can has a lid, um, <laughs> which is weird because <laughs> they don't. 
<laughs> I've, seen, I've seen several um, that don't. No, but I've actually been, been a snob about that, and I was been a huge music snob, like in my early, you know, late teens, early twenties, which was absolutely just a defense mechanism against the fact that I was untalented and had no friends, and girls didn't like me. And I was like, well, you know, actually, it's because I'm oppressed because no one <laughs> actually understands that I'm cool because I can understand riffs in five four, and that's why. That's the root of all of my problems. And it's not <laughs> just the fact that I'm terrible. Like, you're, you know, that I'm just an awkward guy and that's just a part of life. Um, so, yeah, I mean, and that, you know, that's that, that just, I, I think, you know, a lot of people are led to snobbery. Fortunately, I was led to, you know, being a weirdo prog rock guy for a few years instead of joining the alt-right. But, you know, <laughs> <laughs> things happen to everybody. So... And then I was like, hey, you know, uh, Katy Perry has some bangers too. Whatever. It's all cool. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, yeah, I was absolutely a gigantic music snob in like my early 20s that I fully admit was a defense mechanism against me being just self-conscious about, you know, being in that. Oh, totally. I think I, I, I like there's like probably like two or three really good Lamb of God records that I missed out on because I was too busy in a porcupine tree wormhole. <laughs> I mean... and uh, That's a very specific comment because the roommate that I had at the time really loved Lamb of God. It's just, I always think about... Anytime I hear Lamb of God, I think about porcupine tree now. Okay. It's let, a weird correlation. I have nothing against Lamb of God. I love, uh, like, Ashes Away is great. I got into them on Sacrament. There's, like, two good songs on Wrath and then I lost interest. And there's some cool tune, you know, whatever the whole the whole nine yards. We have a song that we call our Lamb of God song. Which one's that? Stellar fucking Inferno. How is that our Lamb of God song? Because it's got a Lamb of God riff in it. Does it? Yeah. I wrote the <laughs> riff. I know yeah, I know. You were like, "This is our Lamb of God song." <laughs> anyway, but but that being said, just just for the record, Lamb of God, great, fine. Porcupine trees way up here. <laughs> if you're gonna go down a wormhole, like let's. PP tree baby, like let's go. Yeah. <laughs> well said. What about you guys over there? Any any ex or current snobbery behavior that you're trying to get over or that you're embracing? That's okay too if you are. Um, I was definitely I was definitely a beer snob at one point, closeted beer snob. Because yeah, I was I was on the 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 uh, bandwagon of like oh, the big the macro loggers have adjuncts in them, and then what? finally cured me of that is one time we were a bunch of us were hanging out in like a creek up near seven springs or what blue hole mm -hmm. right and just hanging out and drinking a couple what are they lion's heads i was like all right this is this is perfectly fine right here. <laughs> he's such this a snob great. he said what are they lion's heads i've never heard of I haven't had one since, but then I started Go see a hands. Star War. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, play some Nintendo. <laughs> I don't know. I started drinking Sorry. hams and stuff again, and my life was better afterwards because <laughs> I just quit worrying about what was in it, and I just enjoyed the time around the brews, you know? Yeah, I think that, you know, it's really interesting. I find that when... Because I am also, uh, this may be a shocker, also a recovering beer snob. Um, and I mean, it was really hard to not be for a few years here because we had so many great breweries and we still do. And, um, it was also a time period before, um, like 
you, we could get pretty much any beer that you want here now with some degree, like the distribution, even from states outside of here, it's a lot easier to find a lot of things. That's like, oh, like I could go to Etna and get zombie dust on draft now. Yeah, they have three Floyds at Giant Eagle. <laughs> yeah, they have, they have main lunch on draft at Mad Max. I got um, Hetty Topper on Liberty Avenue. Yeah. Which is insane because I remember how hard that was to get for so long. Sure. And it's like And I, now it's not even like the best IPA in the world anymore. It's like, ah, that's that tastes like a New England IPA and Dancing Gnome has something comparable. Yeah. I mean, I think that what you're dealing with in terms of things like Hetty Topper and Alchemist in general, where it's just like they're like this isn't the best analogy, but it's like Slayer. Where it's like you can listen to Slayer now and maybe you're like, yeah, like this is the best and I respect their tradition. Or you could be like, oh, there's a thousand bands that sound like this or are even crazier now. So why do I even care about this? Yeah. I think if like there was a time where it's like if you were around it and you were a part of that being the crazy thing, then it's like a nostalgia thing yeah. that kind of sticks in your head. I feel that big, but here's the thing. Rain and blood will always exist. However, <laughs> if you stop like arrogant bastard. If it stops selling, they're going to stop making it because it's not efficient to make. They don't make Anchor Steam anymore. That was one of my first craft beers. That was cool. Um, or like Stone stopped brewing Ruination. I was like, I, that Stone was one of the big ones when I was young. Um, and that's kind of the shame with this is these are commodities where it's like rain and blood will always exist and you can always enjoy it. But like, you're never going to get to drink Anchor Steam again. I happen to think that music is better than any consumable thing. Um, but I felt that was worth pointing out for some reason. Oh, good. Brad, where are you at? As far as snobbery. Yeah. I mean, you know, I, I was thinking about this last night. I kind of feel like we all had that, you know, phase, whether it was in high school or college or your early twenties where, you know, you have that like class one punk ass mentality where, you know, you think <laughs> you can't be told anything that you don't know already, or you're 10 feet tall and bulletproof. Um, but like, honestly, I can say like, you know, in, in meeting, you know, the crew that I met through Jake and Chandler and Penn and, you know, in getting to play with, you know, Hux and, you know, get on the stage and like be exposed to more of these different kinds of music. I think that really kind of broke those walls down, uh, so to speak. Uh, but as far as, uh, current snobbery, uh, I mean, definitely, I think be chalked up to triple a hardcore action rpgs <laughs> uh, and i thought i was a snob about them until i realized i was right uh, so yeah that that's that's my take on it's it either souls likes or Elden, it's Elden Ring. I, I, like i honestly pick up games and i'm like this isn't dark souls and then i stop playing it so sure i think maybe i need to work through that maybe a little bit but <laughs> that's can but you I, please uh, clip that? <laughs> but, you gotta follow uh, this man I, on Twitch. Uh, <laughs> hey, th thanks, thanks for the thanks for the shout out, Chandler. But Hux, I will try Hollow Knight per your recommendation. <laughs> you goddamn right. It, 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 you know that's the thing though too is like there is like snobbery, but there's also like you know what you like, and you 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 get to a point where I've been alive for so long. And I know what I'm into and I know what I'm not into. And I find myself, even though I find, uh, even though I feel pretty open to checking things out, the one thing that I try to do is just watch what I say out loud. I think I'm still an internal snob to some degree when it comes to some things, 
but I'm just not like, I'm not going to say that to somebody. But in my head, I might be thinking like, that beer's fucking gross. Or I might be thinking like, this band fucking sucks. Or I might be thinking, you know, this game is stupid or whatever, you know, anything like that, right? Yeah, I mean, well, that's for sure. But there's also like, you can think, I think it's bigger than that. Just acknowledging that your own thought on it doesn't make it universal. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, and there are some things that I think are universally bad and that's fine. Or, you know, things that I think are universally hurtful to the world. But, and that's one thing. And I don't usually like bringing that up because it's usually a political conversation that I don't want to get into. <laughs> Fair enough. But otherwise, I usually just say my feel good kind of point of like, you know, well, I'll tell you what, if it, if it's art and it matters to people and it's impactful to people, then that's what's important. And, you know, if it means something to somebody, then, then it means something. Yeah. And then I don't have, and then I can be like, and then, but I think it fucking blows. <laughs> but because I said all that nice shit at the beginning, that's what matters. <laughs> well, guys, I want to thank you for coming out today to chat a bit about the band. The band is still so young, so it's very exciting because, you know, we can do this again in another year another 18 months or something like that in about three months when we're all sick of each other <laughs> <laughs> and you know it'll be interesting just to see like where the band has grown and where things have gone it's like fun to talk with a band that is instills like such a a young period of its like existence right because things are just starting to really happen you know and uh it'll be funny like to talk with you guys again and uh see like how you feel about everything and see where the band has gone and blah, 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 blah. I meant say stuff, not high five me. <laughs> uh, oh, uh, uh. I've, I've talked. Th enough. Thanks for having us. This was awesome. Of course. Like starstruck, you know, Hey, it's like, this is so out, like never done anything like this in this capacity. So this is like super cool. Well, Hey, thanks for being yeah, here. Super geek. And yeah. And, uh, to, to quote Hux, uh, if anyone ever, tries to tell you to stop rocking you know you tell them you tell them hucks we got one word we got one word one for word you. for you cut it out <laughs> <laughs> okay i have i have two okay. more you, you, don't need, you, you don't need to keep this but i have i have one more piece of bullshit that i wanted to run by you in my <laughs> okay so, yeah let's, uh, let's go for it uh someone was like uh oh you're you're screaming in the music the music's really good why you gotta do all that screaming what are you so angry all the time for? And I'm like, well, would you accuse a person screaming on a roller coaster of being angry? No, mm. that's ridiculous. They're just having an outflowing of, of emotion. And that's why in Star Viper, we're screaming. We're just really emotional about rocking. <laughs> Fuck yeah. <laughs> Jake, I haven't forgot about you over here, buddy. I didn't think you would. <laughs> that was awesome uh, it's really good to have you guys out here good to catch up with old friends and meet some new friends as well yeah we appreciate you having us of course of course and uh you know with all of that being said that is all folks thanks so much for being here one more time star viper make some noise be sure to check out the music that they do have available online, right? 
You're on the internets. Oh yeah, yeah uh, Spotify, uh, wherever Disco Distro Kid goes. If uh, everybody, <laughs> let's face it, everybody listening to this is a musician. You know what Distro Kid <laughs> is. We have all those things, and then we're also on Bandcamp and YouTube. And that Star Viper one's out now. Star Viper two is going to be out unless we kill each other before we finish recording it. <laughs> Follow us on Instagram. Do it. Here's a fun. Here's a fun trick for you guys. Just so you know, I don't know if you if you ever want to try this out. If you're ever on stage and you're curious about how many musicians are in the crowd, when you're plugging your band, just say it's available on Deezer. (laughs) (laughs) Or Tidal. And if anybody laughs at Deezer, that'll give you a hint to how many musicians are in the room. It's like, oh, he's got DistroKid too. (laughs) Exactly. Um, But yeah, I mean, with all that being said, again... This has been our program. Thank you so much for watching. You know, I'll be back again next week. Unfortunately, this handsome devil won't be standing next to me, but I will be here handsomer. regardless. Maybe he'll be in the shadows. He'll hide in the plant. <laughs> I might not notice with all, I'm of not the, going anywhere. <laughs> all the shrubbery around him. He may just blend in, but uh, I'll be back again next week. Same time, same place, same channel. You know the drill. My name is Sykes. Start the beat is the podcast actually you can call me brian if you want you don't have to call me sykes i'm almost 40 years old i don't need a nickname anymore um but yes take care of yourselves take care of the people around you peace and we are done